This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, every Monday and Friday video cast live on Twitch. What's up, Twitch Roonies? And of course, you can always catch us on YouTube. Please sure, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment only if it's positive and builds my self esteem. And of course, you can catch us on iTunes if you want the audio only version. And thanks for joining us, episode 539. That's a lot of episodes. That is more than 500 episodes. Uh, I agree, 100%. That, that's why we made it to the top, Francis, math geniuses. Uh, yep, totally, yep. Mm-hmm. Although my name's not Francis, so. It is. It is in my heart. You just, like, keep talking to your own, like, persona, I think. I think Francis is your, no? Okay. Right. No, you're Francis in my heart, and you always will be. Mm, weird. Frankie. I'll call you Frankie just to make you feel better. But here we are today, guys, talking a little bit about 8th edition uh, it has taken the internet by storm. The 40K community is pretty stoked. By all accounts, holy smokes, Midgar Storm just subscribed via Twitch Yay. Prime. Thank you so much. If you all have Twitch, or I'm sorry, I keep saying Twitch Prime. Uh, it is Twitch Prime. If you have an Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel as a part of your Amazon subscription. doesn't cost you anything. They send us a little bit of extra money every month to help pay for internet and all that Holy smokes, Ghost Valley just subscribed also. Yay. Thank you so much, everybody. We really appreciate yep. the support. It helps to pay for uh, everything and Mariana's salary and the uh, wake of destruction she leaves whenever she moves. She knocks things over, breaks stuff, including uh, young men's hearts. Aw. Yeah. Sad days. She's a slayer. But anyway, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate the support. Uh, it's been a blast. We've been streaming at least once a day, every day. And we've got a lot more on the way, too. We're going to have some hobby streams because, as you guys know, we have the FLG Paint Studio that works in the same building with some uh, pro painters. Not quite as good as eBay pro painters, but they're close. They aspire to that. And they are going to be uh, showing you some of their paint techniques, what it's like to be a pro painter, um, an actual pro painter. People yes. They get paid <laughs> to do the job. So that'll be a lot of fun. And let us know anything else you'd like to see on the stream. Because we've been having a blast um, with 8th edition, showing y'all how to play, yeah. um, uh, learning together with some of all the fun stuff we've been doing. But uh, yeah, let us know if you'd like to see some more content. Anyway, back to 8th edition. Man, it has been so much fun. I'm having, I haven't had this much fun playing 40K uh, since really 5th edition, mid-edition. Mid yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun in the beginning of 6th, and then 7th uh, was pretty fun in the beginning as well. Got a little stale towards the end, just or not stale. It just got crazy towards the end of seventh, um, and then eighth has been a blast. So it, it really has. And wow, Vorag just subscribed with Twitch Prime. Thank you guys so much. It is really humbling and flattering that everyone's enjoying the stream so much that they're supporting us with uh, some five bucks a month or uh, with their Amazon Prime um, subscription. We really, really appreciate it. Yep. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about. 8th edition we've been playing a ton obviously frank and i have played more than most people 
but we're now at a point where we're able to interact and show everyone what's going on. It's been a blast. We've been streaming every single night, doing uh, uh, live games of 40K at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we will be playing another game tonight. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that matchup, and then we'll talk about some of the what we've learned from the games we've already played. Uh, Frankie, you and I, because Switch the Twitch subscribers voted, tonight's game is going to be Eldar versus Space Wolves, and some of our subs had specifically asked to see a Wraith, an Eldar Wraith army. So previously, uh, Wraith armies were like only strictly for funsies. Uh, they didn't really function very well on the tabletop. And we're going to see how they do tonight. I'm playing 15 Wraith Guard, three units of five. I've got three Wraith Lords. They're really good. This edition, I have two kitted for shooting, one kitted for kind of close range shooting and assault. Yeah. And then I've got Big, Big Bad, Big Daddy himself, the Wraith Knight. He's a beast. Yes, Wraith Knights are really good. But you're really, I mean, you could take a triple Wraith Knight army and you would do well, but I think, I think you're, in my opinion, you're probably going to be better off mixing it up a little bit. They're not like Imperial Knights. No. Um, they don't have as much shooting as the Imperial Knights do. Mm -hmm. Although I do have two Star Cannons and a, star, a Sun Cannon, which is the way to go with the uh, Scatter Shield. Pretty solid. Yeah, he'll be doing a lot of damage, and he's a monster in close combat. So many attacks. He yeah. stomps those old feet. He doesn't stomp anymore. He kicks. Oh, he kicks. Yeah. He punts. Yeah. Is that what it is? The kicks, I think, unfortunately, are a little too good because uh, there's really no reason to take the sword because the kick, the kicks are going to be mathematically better in most instances. Mm -hmm. The only time you want this, the super wraith glaive is when you're fighting like other knights or something. Yeah. Because then it's like you're guaranteed six damage. But um, in general terms, I think what you're going to see is the Sun Cannon with the Shield and the Star Cannons with, um, with That's It. So we'll see how it goes. I do have two um, Spirit Seers and a uh, Far Seer on a jet bike. Uh, I have seven command points. Nice. So uh, we'll see. But my army is so tiny. Yeah, right? like I, I have, have a ton. I have yeah. 22 models. Yeah. But I'm going to go first against most opponents because I have so few units. So there is that kind of a benefit if you play out of the rules. Uh, Frankie, you're playing a really kind of an interesting Space Wolf army. It's an army you would not have seen in 7th edition. Why don't you talk a little bit about the list you're playing tonight? Yeah, so it's uh, my favorite animal is wolves. So I took a shit ton of wolves. Can I, can <laughs> I, I put as many of them on the... Nope, nope. And I, I put as many here? of them on the table as I possibly could. I would like to share Then I have uh, some Terminators because <laughs> the Terminators are excellent. And some long-range firepower from the Predators. And then, uh, of course, uh, you've got some uh, land speeders in there for quick objective grabs and two heavy flamers. Because uh, I hear heavy flamers are pretty good. So, Before I comment, on there. I do want to share a little a heartwarming tale oh, Jesus. of Frankie. Frankie's room <laughs> at his house had framed pictures of wolves on the wall, like the kind you see on those really cool shirts. That oh, are often yeah. like the three wolf moon. It was like three wolf moon framed pictures in Fuck his room, yeah. and that was all there was in your room. Yep, no, uh, no cars, no naked women, no, just wolves. Just wolves. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> the hell is this? Wolves are my spirit animal. Um, but at any rate, back to your list. Yeah, the the land speeders with double heavy flamers are absolutely insanely good. Yes. It's funny. I've got people arguing with me that they think heavy flamers are overpriced, and I'm like, you clearly haven't played enough. Yep. Because I, I would say that heavy flamers are top three best weapons in the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's, I think Frankie had that poster. Uh, um, they're ridiculously good. And the reason why the land speeders with the double heavy flamers are so good is they have the fly keyword. 
So you zip forward, you double flame or something, and then you charge a shooting unit. They have enough wounds and toughness that they can usually survive Overwatch. And then that unit can't shoot. And then they leave combat, flame something else, and do it again. Yeah. They can't charge, but they can... Um, they are just such an amazingly annoying uh, unit, and they're just so damn good. But yeah. then what else? You also have Canis and a bunch of Fenrisian wolves. Yeah, so I have Canis. He buffs all the wolves and thunder wolves. He gives them an additional attack with their teeth and claws. Um, the Fenrisian wolves have uh, minus one AP. They move 10 inches. They reroll their charge. Um, they're really cheap. And then uh, the wolf priest gives them all rerolls to hit in close combat. And then he also allows the Fenrisian wolves to use his leadership of nine. So chances and of them running away are pretty slim. The healing bombs gives, what does the healing bombs do? Again, uh, it's like it a six heal, It can heal guys on, uh, it's basically an apothecary, except for you can't bring guys back, back to life. Back to life, right. So. The apothecary is so unbelievably good. Yeah. Um, just, to, just since we're talking about it, a really good combo uh, for those of you space marine players out there, take Devastator squads with the, um, uh, the Primaris Ancient Who's his? He waves his flag, and apparently that's very inspiring. <laughs> so when a when a model dies, they can shoot one more time before they die. Yeah. Which obviously it's really good with devastators, and then you've gotten an apothecary, and then the apothecary can then resurrect that dude after he's he's like, one more time, brother, and he's like, and I'm back, and then he starts shooting you again. Then when he dies, he can shoot again. It's a really good combo. Um, Pablo should use that last night because he got shellacked. Ooh, I hope he's listening Pablo. to this. He's on vacation. I'm gonna see. I'll see if I can make his vacation a little bit less enjoyable. <laughs> Man, all these wins are just going right <laughs> to your head right now. Um, really, really good combo. So, uh, uh, Frankie, you also have uh, some Thunderwolves, and a lot of people have been asking us uh, if Thunderwolves are good. And Thunderwolves are great. Take them with Wolf Claws now. Um, they're not strength ten or anything like that with the Power Fist. So you go Wolf Claw. The Wolf Claw gives you plus one strength. So you go strength five. So at worst case, you're wounding things on a five. And then you get to re-roll to wound. Um, they don't have as many attacks as they used to. Um, they only have two attacks each. But uh, that's why you take some with thunder shield or thunder or storm shields, and then you take others with double wolf claw, so they have three attacks. Um, and then paired up with the wolf priest, you're getting re-rolls to hit. And then their uh, teeth and claws are strength five, minus one AP, three attacks. Canis gives them an additional, so they have four attacks with those. So they actually have more attacks than they used to, but um, with the combos, with the combos, yeah, um, and they're getting rerolls to hit, and in most cases, uh, something rerolling to wound. Uh, they're pretty powerful. Um, I'm I'm really digging them. Vorag asks the very important question: Are they the, the business? business. Uh, I don't know if they're the business, but they are really good. Um, they have three wounds, which is pretty powerful. I think they can give you the uh, business. They can give you the business for sure. They hit like a truck, um, and they're really fast. So. I think Thunderwolves are very strong. Um, I think they're definitely better than they used to be because they can't be doubled out. You actually have to take away all three wounds for them to die. Um, yeah, I think they're a solid choice. Evil Monster, yes, that's how good flamers are. He asks, he's like, do they hit on sixes or do they auto hit? Because no, right. Overwatch says you always hit on sixes. And this is another instance of the specific rule overriding the general rule. So yes, flamers auto hit d6 times in overwatch that's you i think he has a starting to see how ridiculously powerful flamers are yeah they're they're i think they're the best weapons in the game arguably um it's just they, they get around so many other rules of the game that that hurt shooting the only downside is their range their shorter range that's yeah it. but a lot of things that are really fast can take flamers and like vehicles and stuff are really fast so i mean they're moving up to 12 inches a turn just flaming things yeah. it's really good so 
Yeah, flamers are that good. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your list, buddy. Uh, that's about it. Then I have some uh, Wolfguard Terminators. Uh, Wolfguard Terminators are pretty good. Uh, they're a little pricey, but I mean they have two wounds. Um, they have Wolf Claws as well because you get the rerolls, the wound, and the plus one strength. Um, and then I took some Storm Shields and some Combi Meltas on them. So pop up in those pesky transports. Yep. Unfortunately, you don't have any transports in your list, but I wasn't list tailoring, so. No, we we write our list yeah. blind. Um, we just we know what the other person's like, the faction that they're playing. Yeah. That's it. But I mean, the the combi melters will be good against your list because you guys have multiple ones. But, yeah, they'll be really good against yeah. me. But I take them for popping open transports, so the thunder wolves and Fenrisian wolves can actually charge them. Yeah. And then of course predators. Predators are really good. I mean, four lies cannon shots downrange are pretty strong. So. Yeah, predator annihilators are one of the better units in the game. Uh, it's crazy how how much how much things that were bad are now good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jinking Riptide asks, "How good are broadsides? They're really, they're really good. Although we found that oftentimes you'll take crisis suits instead of broadsides for the mobility and for the ability to deep strike. However, broadsides are really good. Like yeah. if, if you play a static Tau army uh, where you've got like um, uh, ethereals making you reroll ones to hit and all that stuff, that's when I think the broadsides are going to be the better choice with like tout with crude screens. Mm -hmm. uh, but generally speaking, I think the crisis suit is more versatile. What do you think, Frankie? Uh, yeah, I think uh, broadsides definitely have a place. Um, uh, I think most of the time you're going to be seeing the ninja tau. So we have the deep strike. They have units coming in from all different places. Um, and in those kind of lists, the broadsides don't really fit in. But like Reese was talking about, like a static gun line, broadsides are really, really strong. Um, the rail cannons are excellent. Um, when we play Tau on the stream, we'll show off some broadsides so you guys can actually see them in action. Um, Ballsy McBaggins asks, any opinions on Wolfen buff stacking if there are multiple... Assume no buff stacks unless it says it does. Uh, their buff doesn't stack, I believe. I believe it actually specifically says that it yeah. doesn't stack. Uh, just just as a general rule of thumb, uh, and I know you're just taking this on faith from us guys because the, the wording is ambiguous often, 99% of these buffs are not meant to stack. Like the, the, the really big one that everyone's talking about is Dark Shrouds. Yeah. Like, the, like raw, it does stack, right? Like the way it's worded, it would stack. But then you have a situation where you can literally not shoot the other guy's army. And obviously that's silly and it's not intent. Um, Assume buffs only stack if they say they stack, just as a rule of thumb. And yeah. that'll, that eliminates a ton of the wacky stuff that you can do. Uh, Alvin R.S. chopping us. Uh, what's so appealing about crisis suits? Their points got hit pretty hard. Um, well, they're a lot tougher than they used to be because they can't get doubled out anymore. Um, you actually have to do all their wounds. They can look out sort of drones, which makes them more resilient. And then they also have the fly keyword, which gives them... Uh, if they get assaulted, they can actually jump out of combat and still shoot. That's like the craziest rule. It's like hit and run um, for a shooting unit. It's super powerful. Yeah. I would say so. that Crisis Suits are one of the better units in the game. Yeah. Um, don't think about their points compared to 7th edition because 7th edition doesn't apply. It, like, I, like the example we keep using, it's like, it's like comparing a unit in 8th edition to a unit in 2nd edition and saying it's better or worse based on that comparison. It, just, it doesn't. It, it's, like, it's completely irrelevant, right? Yeah. Um, and I know I understand that that's how people measure things, but what something did in seventh edition has zero relevance to what it does in eighth edition because they're literally different games. This isn't like going from sixth to seventh where you could still use the same books. Yeah, this is completely different. So don't look at them and like, oh man, my crisis suit got more expensive. 
when did you even use Crisis Suits in 7th edition? You really didn't see them, right? In 8th edition, they're a premier unit. They're one of the better units in the game, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and then Tau Suit Commanders are ridiculously good. Yeah, Tau Suit Commanders are excellent. They can take four weapon systems, they hit on twos, they buff up your army. They're really powerful. Yeah. CW Dub asked a funny question. He said, when is uh, In Control going to come down to put me in my place? In Control's never put me in my place. So he can come whenever he wants, and it'll be just like old times where I slap him around the table, steal his lunch money, and then, I don't know, do something else embarrassing to him. Mm, that's not pull very his, nice. Pull his pants down. That's <laughs> mean. That's just not even nice. That would be pretty mean. Yeah. That, but no, we would love to have him in control. He said he's going to fly down to get some games in uh, after release, and that'd be a lot of fun. And uh, PJ Pants, if you do fly down and get a game with us, of course you can crash on our couch. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome, man. Uh, DKO Silovone asks, what are our opinions on Thunderfire Cannons in this edition? They're great. They're really, really good. Um, I think that the Thunderfire Cannon is going to be seen. So um, one of the really good lists, we'll, we'll, a lot of people are throwing around some super spam, uh, but lists that are extremely good right now, like an Imperial Soup list that's really good. Uh, take a bunch of Conscripts for screening. Take a bunch of Devastators or Predators for Firepower. Take uh, something that gives you twin linked or rerolled a wound, like a guillemin or a captain and a lieutenant. And then take some sort of barrage weapons, um, like thunderfire cannons or whirlwinds, to take out other units that can threaten your shooting units. And uh, that combo is extremely powerful. A lot of people are kind of getting stuck on silly stuff like smite spam is insane, oh my gosh. Well, smite spam doesn't do jack squat when you have a bunch of cheap models because Smite has to hit the closest unit, so it's like, oh, you killed a couple Conscripts or Pox Walkers or Crude or whatever the case may be, um, and then you blast those guys. So that I think that's you guys are going to see that those combos, like what we're describing, are really good, mm-hmm. and a lot of armies can do it. Yep. Um, screening units are mega, mega important, and I, this is a good segue to last night's game. Pablo had, like I would say, a 50% of a good list, um, and then he had 50% of a bad list, he had eight scouts total as a screen, which did, as you guys saw, if you watched the game, you can catch it on VOD. It'll also be on YouTube. It did nothing to even slow me down. And he had a bunch of devastators with Rabuti in the back, and I was able to pick him off and kill him before he could really do anything. He had some bad rolls in there, and I was rolling really hot. Um, but I think that that game really illustrates that you need some ability to slow um, an army down. Anybody who's going to come and assault you out of reserves or uh, put a lot of pressure on you, you need to be able to uh, slow them down or stop them with uh, either really durable or really cheap units. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, Screens are pretty important. Um, Some armies don't necessarily need screens, um, but if you have static shooting, you definitely need something to protect them from the deep strikers and stuff in this game. Uh, Bravik, yeah, Swarmlord with hit, the Swarmlord's Hive Commander ability is one of the best rules in the game. Yeah. It's stupid. You don't even need the draw pod, really. I do it just to prevent from him getting shot because once you play against him a couple times, your opponent's going to try and kill him first for obvious reasons. But the draw pod, the Tyrannicide itself shoots like insanely good. So it's no, it's not attacks in the slightest and you just drop it onto an objective. Yeah. But it basically, I take it as a, a round one defense for Swarmlord. You don't even need to do it. Swarmlord can do it to himself on the first turn. He moves nine. You just move nine and then move nine again and you're going to charge. And if you really want to get dirty, cast Onslaught on yourself, move nine plus D6, 
hive commander, nine plus D6, and then charge. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere on the table that they can hide. Again, that's why you need screening units because otherwise Swarmler's just like, boop, 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 and he would have killed Bobby G, but I rolled bad. Uh, Swarmlord is just, he's a, he's a maniac. He's one of the best models in the game. Um, but to the next person's question, asking about screening with scouts, the cool thing about scout screens, especially in regards to things coming out of reserves, is you don't need to physically take up as much space. Uh-huh. You just infiltrate them, and then you deny your opponent anywhere to go with his deep strikes. So if you have three units of scouts, you can do it with two if you're really good. But three units of five scouts should completely shut down reserve um, uh, strategies because at they, least on turn one on turn one because you, you you take up so much space the enemy has to be nine inches away that even with a double move or whatever they're not going to be able to get past the scouts because they've got this bubble of no fly zone and we have found that that really really helps to protect you from things like chaos terminators coming down with warp time mm-hmm. or uh, raptors are really really good you're gonna get you guys are gonna be seeing deep striking raptors with plasma all over the place um or drop pods etc it really really helps to protect against that yeah yeah i mean the the infiltrators are really powerful not only do they get closer to the enemy they also protect you from those deep striking units um so yeah any unit that can infiltrate is a great screen um yeah and then one of the other things in that game i think from last night that you saw is uh, Pablo's army was, would have been really good against my Ash Militarum army, or maybe he would have been a lot better against it because he had a lot of anti-tank weapons. He didn't have the ability to deal with all the hordes, right? Mm-hmm. He did ace the Hormigons right away, which was smart. That was exactly what he should do because Hormigons are so good. They have a six-inch pile-in, so I can charge one unit and then pile into a bunch of other units and, and lock, get them into combat. Uh, but the regenerating Gaunt unit with the Turvagon, who creates 10 more Gaunts per turn for free, uh, you can't go above your starting unit size. That he he could he couldn't deal with it, and I just gunked him up with them. Um, you need the ability to kill tanks and monsters and infantry. Yeah. And that can be tough. That can be tough to do when you're writing your list. Um, I think he would have been better off with a bunch of scouts, like we were talking about um, before the show. Instead of the the draw pod with all the stern guard and all the captains and all this silly stuff, if he would have taken like. 70 scouts with bolters he would have been way better off in my opinion yeah or even 70 space marines just put a bunch of space marines on the table and then uh or uh sicarius yeah sicarius he gives them uh you get to swing first in close combat and then uh paired up with a uh, bobby g i mean you get rerolls the hit and wound it's really powerful so yeah because bobby g or robute he gives them rerolls to hit and wound so now you're just your cheapo bolter scouts are just murder to light infantry Right, and so then you have a combination of scouts to, to screen, to go get objectives, they can infiltrate, Guillemin really buffs them, and then you've got your backfield shooting units to take out like the Turvagon. If, if I hadn't killed all his Devastators, he could have aced the Turvagon maybe in one round of shooting, probably in one round of shooting. Now my Gaunts don't regenerate, the scouts can kill all the Gaunts, they yeah. can handle the Hormone, you know what I mean? It's a cascading effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just rolling ridiculously red hot too, which, which hurts. Um, Hattie L. Lisk, how do mortal wounds work against monstrous creatures? Uh, you just do, you just, however many wounds you roll. many wounds, yeah. Mortal wounds are also the only wounds that spill over, meaning if you do smite and you do three mortal wounds and it's on an infantry unit with... Um, One wound each. It would kill three. Yeah. Right, mortal wounds spill over. That's the only time that that happens. Uh, Archon91, I want to play my Witch Cult army. Uh, well, witches are really good against infantry because you can lock them in combat and then uh, 
witches aren't too bad when they swing either, uh, especially with all their special weapons they get. So uh, you definitely have a chance to play it. Yeah, the, the cool thing about 8th edition is that you can play a themed army and make it good. Uh, of course, some will be better than others, but you guys saw that I played the uh, uh, Dread Mob Orc All Walker Army twice, and uh, it's been really good. And we can talk about that a little bit. Um, in, 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 in the previous editions, that army would have been a joke, right? Like that would have been laughably bad. And now it's, it's quite good. It has some weaknesses to hardcore long range shooting armies, but I think you can overcome that, right? Um, wh why don't we discuss that game a little bit, Frankie? Because we learned a lot. We played your Chaos versus my Canwall and your Dark Eldar versus my Canwall. Although the Dark Eldar army you brought, I would say is not as good as your Raider list. Mm -mm, um, no. And that would have been a lot harder for me to play because you could have stayed away and blasted me with uh, Dark Lances. Yeah. But uh, in the Chaos game, I, again, I was rolling really hot. And one unit of Killicans like, killed half your army, which is silly. But yep. um, it was a good game, right? Like, uh, apart, my hot dice aside, the can wall was good. It's because of the changes to the core rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the can wall is really uh, resilient. It has so many wounds. And then with your mechs running around and fixing them and stuff like that, like, it was really hard to chew through. Um, they have pretty good shooting. I mean, they do three damage with each shot if they can actually get it through. And then in close combat, they do the exact same thing. So it's a really strong army, and the Gorkonaut's a monster. When, was so you, when have you ever heard that? The Gorkonaut's never been good. So Yeah. When have yeah. you ever heard anything following the word Gorkonaut except sucks? Yep. Uh, and it, this is completely different. Like, he, he's 25% he's less wounds than a knight. I believe he's, like, 25% less points than a knight. But he actually hits harder than a knight in, a, in combat, although he doesn't shoot as well. The Gorkonaut, I think, is great. Um, I think uh, many orc lists are going to be using him just because he's just, he's just such a beast. Yeah, the Gorkonaut's really good. It gives you a close combat uh, unit, and it, it really shooting. helps you like uh, scare your opponent from different places because a lot of armies just won't have the tools to deal with it, or they will, but then they have to watch out for all the mechs or <laughs> the, the other uh, dreadnoughts that are running around. So. Yeah, and the key that I found in the Canwall army and I think that this will be true of any like dreadnought army. Um, was the I had three uh, Kef, mech, Kef big mechs, and obviously the Kef. It, I don't think it needs any explanation. A five plus plus is obviously good. But in that game when we were playing against Chaos, I was healing six wounds on average a turn to my army. That's the equivalent of getting like four extra kilocans for free. Yeah. So it was like unbelievably good. Like. I would say two to three Kef mechs, or if you're playing another army, Tech Marines or whatever the heck, uh, whatever the heck would be that that same fill that same role, because getting getting more longevity out of the units in in, in addition to the five plus plus that made a huge difference. Because at the end of that game, imagine if I would have had one less unit of Killicans, you would have all, I would have had almost nothing left on the table. Yep. Yeah, I mean the the mechs and the. Uh priests or the uh, tech marines are really good um, yeah they they just help you keep those vehicles alive which are already really hard to kill so and then for uh, chaos because a lot of people are, are looking at taking demon forge armies which i think is going to be so much fun yeah with mauler fiends and forge fiends and all that good stuff um you would take the uh dark not the the um the forge fiend or whatever the hell his name i can't remember his name the, the warp smith the warp smith yeah. and the, he does he serves the same function he keeps your guys in the fight and he's really good himself. So yep. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see these kind of like dreadnought style walker style armies. Whereas before you just, you would never have ever seen an army like that no. uh, on the table. 
Uh, what would you have done differently in that game playing your chaos against the the Canwall, uh, buddy? Oh, I would take a much different list. I mean, the uh, the Corn Berserkers didn't have a really big place in that list. Um, and then, but yeah, I would just redo that entire list. Well, I mean, was assuming, kind of assuming that you didn't redo your list just in the game, would you have played anything differently? Um, not really. I mean, the, you killed the Helldrakes way faster than technically you should have which opened it up to where your guys could actually run up the field and uh, put a lot of pressure on me. So that was unfortunate. And then uh, I would have ran Abaddon up sooner because Abaddon's a monster yeah, and he can I, actually go through the, uh, the dreadnoughts pretty quick. So I didn't really have an answer for uh, Abaddon to be honest, no. um, that, but the Gorkonaut would have had to try and kill him. Yeah. So I should have, I should have left him. My original plan was to put him in the land Raider and fly the land Raider up, which I should have done um, just on turn one, move 12 inches uh, still shoot, and then on the next turn, get everybody out and then charge into your lines. But it was all right. Uh, Abaddon's a monster. <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. He, he's he's going to be in so many chaos lists because he's so good. Yeah. And how about that land raider? Holy smokes. That land raider, I could not kill it. I was attacking it the whole game. I got it down to like four or five. I only took like four or five wounds off it, and it was mm -hmm. just blasting me. If you hadn't just been rolling ice cubes, that thing would have been – you would have killed the Gorkonaut. Yeah, it um, should have. It had two rounds of shooting with, yeah. like, six wounds left on the Gorkonaut and didn't kill it. Yeah, like, oh. and then I started healing the Gorkonaut back up, and then you couldn't kill it. Yeah. Um, really, really, uh, Land Raider's amazing. I think you're going to see it in a lot of armies. Uh, somebody else was asking, is the Stompa an auto-include? I don't think so. A lot of people, like, lose their beans when they see the 40 wounds. It, I don't, it's not that crazy. I mean, it, we tried it out, and I think the Stompa flirts with being too good. Yeah. But uh, it's one model, right? It's shooting is pretty good. It's melee is very good, but it can only assault really realistically one unit at a time. Um, I don't think the stomp is an auto include by any stretch of the imagination. No, uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, somebody else had another question. Uh, oh uh, yeah, rerolls and modifiers. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird one, but the rule book is explicit on that. Um, you apply modifiers after rerolls and it gets really weird with negative modifiers and you we saw that in the game last night with pablo mm -hmm. so let's say you're minus one to hit but you have re-rolls to hit this will happen all the time with space marines all the time so you hit on a three and you have a re-roll but you're minus one Th this is raw and i agree it's strange you roll a three you've hit then you can't re-roll it but then you apply the negative modifier and you miss it's really weird but that is the way it plays yeah um and then uh Ted Chans was asking, would reroll on ones from characters uh, take place before plasma damage? And yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yes, the rerolls yeah. happen before plasma. So here's another one that's throwing people off. If you have plus one to hit and you're overcharging plasma, you literally cannot overheat, but you can still miss because an unmodified roll of a one always misses regardless of anything else. So you can have plus 10 to hit. You roll a one, you still miss. But if you're a plasma gun, um, let's say you have plus one to hit, you roll a one, the unmodified roll of one still misses, but you actually rolled a two. I know it's confusing, but uh, you can't overheat if you have plus one to hit and you're overcharging. So a little wonky, takes some getting used to, but uh, that, that is the way that it works. Uh, Archon91, can you scroll up? I missed that one. How do you all feel about the Kronos? Uh, Frankie, you're the one to answer that question. Uh... I mean, I think the, the Talos is better than the Kronos. So, I mean, I, I take Talos over the Kronos. Um, but the Kronos is okay. I mean, he gives wounds back to guys, which is kind of cool. So, 
Uh, Jinking Riptide. That's a really good question. Who allocates damage with multi-wound models floating around? Let, like, say, three Lascans get a one, a three, and a six. You're actually supposed to do them one at a time. Uh, right. If you look at it per raw, like, let's say you have multi-wound models that have, I don't know, three wounds each, like Bulgren, and you shoot them with last cannons. Because last cannons do random damage, you should resolve them one at a time. So let's say the first last cannon, you shoot it and you roll a two. You're like, ah, oh, crap, I didn't kill the Bulgren. So the next last cannon hits that same Bulgren, and no matter what, he kills him. But let's say you rolled a six for damage, you lose all the extra wounds, unfortunately. Yep. And then you go to the next one, and then let's say you roll a four, will you kill him, right? That's the way it works with... And we forget to do it all the time, too. You have to be really mindful when you're doing multi-damage attacks against multi-moon models, um, I should random damage um, weapons, you have to do them one at a time. If it's something like an auto cannon where it's a set two damage, you just roll them all at the same time because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's only when it's random damage versus multi-moon models, you do them one at a time. Uh, skull and Palopomorph, whatever the heck. What about Twin Link Devourers? They didn't get double the shots like the other weapons. You're right. That might have been uh, an oversight. Yeah, so. there's been a couple weapons that didn't get double shots from uh, going from Twin Link to normal. Ballsy McBee. Can Pask issue orders to himself? Yes. And the reason why I know it's confusing, Knight, uh, Knight, um, Lehman Rust characters can't issue orders to other Lehman Rust characters for some reason, but Pask can and he has the keyword character and he has the keyword Lehman Russ. So therefore he can issue orders to himself. Yeah. He's the only one that can. Pask is amazing, by the way. He hits on twos. Um, DKO Xylophone. Uh, how about Vindicators? Uh, yeah, I don't like Vindicators personally. Um, I'm sure other people will disagree. And the reason that, that I personally don't like using them that much is that they get an average of two shots because it's D3. Usually, unless you shoot a unit with 10 or more models, um, and then you get D6. But uh, they usually have to move to shoot, and they get minus one to hit. So you're going to average one hit. Um, the Predator Annihilator, for me, in my opinion, is just a better bet, uh, wouldn't you say, Frankie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd pick the Predator over the Vindicator, like, almost every time. So Yeah, and that's not to say the Vindicator is, gonna, is, is terrible. It's not terrible. It's just I don't think it's as efficient as a choice as the Land Raider with for uh, uh, last cannons. Yeah, uh, Trent Wolf for charging. Do you complete all steps in the charge phase per unit uh, before declaring a charge for the next unit, or do each unit perform each step in the phase before moving to the next step? I believe that you. We don't have a book in front of us, so take this with a grain of salt. I believe you. You declare your charge. No, you, you do. You declare your charge. They Overwatch. You roll. You move, and then you go to the next unit. Yeah, so you do all charges at the same time, then you go to the next step and do all that. And I can't, yeah, I, I can't remember that specific part. Yeah. But um, uh, Mason eight five nine, if a flyer is assaulted the next turn, does it have to fall back or can it just fly forward? Well, when you fall back, it, there's no specified direction. If yeah. I remember correctly, you don't yeah. have to fall back. No, you can same. go any direction, and since you fly, you ignore models anyways, and then since you fly, you get to shoot anyway. So. It, it really doesn't have a big effect on flyers. Um, DKO Xylophone, if you have Vindicators in your collection, why don't you try them out and see how you enjoy playing them? Because uh, you may come up with some cool combos that we missed. Um, Midgard Swarm, how important is it to have line of sight blocking terrain? I can't emphasize enough 
how important line of sight blocking terrain is in this edition. Area terrain is cool, but it's really not that big of a deal. You really, 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 really need to break up the table um, so that you don't have open fields of fire. Shooting is so devastating in 8th edition that if you want to have a fun, fair game, my recommendation personally is two to four big line of sight blocking pieces of terrain on every single table at a minimum. Yeah. Uh, Jinking Riptide, how many marker lights did we have in our Tau list? Uh, we, were, we were usually playing with about 12, um, but some lists don't need that many and some lists need more. So. Yeah, it depends on what you want to do because if you want to use Seeker Missiles for Mortal Wounds, which are really good, I'd recommend taking a lot. I actually think Pathfinders are really good. This edition, especially if you take them on the, um, the gun-tied shield wall thing. Because yeah. uh, they're, they're basically immune. They can't be shot, and they have a crappy save. But you put them in that, and uh, it's like an open-top vehicle, and they can all shoot out. Um, I think that they're actually quite good, or you can take them next to an ethereal for reroll ones to hit. Um, you, you can get, and they're cheap as chips. So you can get a ton of marker lights on the table this edition really easily. And then you can do fun stuff like unload on somebody with um, a sky ray, uh, like like something like Magnus the Red, like we were talking about this before the show. Uh, that can be really hard for Tau to deal with, but you just blast him with like 18 freaking secret missiles and he's dead. You, one you know one shot is, but um, but at the pit, just like like you play crisis suit armies, you don't need them as much for that army. You don't need as many. Um, I guess it just really just depends on what you're trying to do. Yep. Uh, Fearless Hobbit. Uh, Hobbit, uh, can you guys talk a little bit about what we think about when we build an army list for a tournament? Well, uh, um, you need to kill vehicles, monsters, and infantry. Yeah, and an eighth that's a little bit different than what it was. Uh, really, like now, whenever I think about a list, I think about the damage output of the unit when I'm actually thinking about building it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a lot different than it was, in my opinion. Like, yeah, you have a lot more things to worry about, I think, in 8th than you did before. So, yeah, Frankie makes a really good point. But I think if you want to simplify it down, I would really think about this. Like, what is my army trying to do? Am I trying to shoot people? If it is, I need to have protection against the incredibly fast assault units or the mobility where people can put units that shoot really well pretty much anywhere on the table. How do I stop that? Because they're going to alpha strike you. So how do I defend against that? The answer is usually screening units or area denial units, uh, or some kind of really good defense. Um, so you want to think about that. And then you want to think about how you're going to take objectives, because now it's number of models on the objective, like Age of Sigmar. Um, so you know, if you're a knight player, you may be crushing people. But if they have two orcs on the objective and you have your knight, they have it and they win. So you need to think about that. If you're an assault army, you need to think about how you're going to survive all the crazy shooting in the game. Um, usually that's going to be like with transport vehicles or just numbers or speed. Uh, so you want to think about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and how you're going to counter the common list that you're going to see. Uh, you also need to think about dealing with uh, triple knights. And you need to think about also simultaneously dealing with hordes. That's that's going to be tough to do, I think. Yep. Uh, Tide of Chains, do characters or still work from inside of transports? No. no. Uh, nothing actually works from nope. inside of a transport. Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of anything that does except open top vehicles letting you shoot. Yep. Um, Vorag, when you charge a model with fly, can you still ignore all models on the way? Um, I, if I remember correctly, you yeah, can. Yeah, we move looked it up over, for the demon prince, and it. Uh, yeah, we were. Yeah. So when you make a charge move, you still can move over units. Yeah. Um, 
Gotta ask, what do you guys think are great allies for offensive-based armies, more specifically predictable, aggressive armies like Grey Knights, which seem to stand or fall with initial attacks? Um, again, it comes back to what your list is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, conscripts are amazing, right? That's going to be in so many Imperial armies because they're, they're ridiculously good and cheap. The conscript plus uh, commissar. But in a Grey Knights army, I don't, I don't think you need them, right? Because you're going to be doing other stuff. You're going to be playing aggressively. So uh, it, it just depends. It depends on what you're, what you're trying to accomplish, right? Like, Grey Knights, yeah, you need to hit hard because you can't really take a punch. So I would think about ways to mitigate getting, like, seized on. Because if Green Knights, if you're in a position to big, do a big punch and then you get seized on, you're, you're going to lose. So how do you mitigate that, right? Rhinos, uh, Razorbacks, maybe uh, Void Shield Generator, um, stuff like that. that. That's what I would think about for an army like that, personally. Yep. Uh, Fate Weaver, if, you, if I have some Necron Immortals with Tesla guns and I give them plus one to hit, do they yeah. get the Tesla rule on a five or a six? Or, or five and six. Yes, you get it on a yeah. five and a six. It's awesome. And if you could somehow get plus two to hit, I don't know if that's possible, but if you could, you would uh, Tesla on a four, five, or six. Yeah, because the Tesla rule is on a six plus. Yep. So basically any sixes you roll are a seven, and then any fives you roll are sixes. So, so anybody who plays Age of Sigmar, it's directly out of Age of Sigmar. 40K players, they, they, it's, it's a little weird. It takes some getting used to. Uh, DKO Xylophone, for armies that previously lacked in psychic defense like my Necrons, is there a balance brought into this so it is not as bad in the psychic step? Um, the psychic phase isn't as dominating as it used to be, but you, um, in case you didn't notice, spiders can take gloom prisms, which give you a deny the witch. I think they're great. I think the scarab screen is great. They can make new scarabs and they can repair vehicles. I think the spider is an exceptional Necron unit. Uh, just to throw that out there in case you missed it. But Frankie, what do you think? You play Tau and you play Necrons. Do you feel like you're at a huge disadvantage in the psychic phase? No. I, well, I mean, you are at a disadvantage in the psychic phase straight up. I mean, you can't stop it, but... Um, it's really not that big of a deal because I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of like psyker spam lists. Um, you'll see like Grey Knights, which every model is a psyker, but even still, they're only doing like a little bit of damage with all their psych powers, and they're going to be failing some. So that, that, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, Jalan Tree, uh, he's saying, do other abilities work in Overwatch such as marker lights? I, I can't remember that one off the top of my head. Do you? Can you? Uh, can yeah, sh- marker lights work. During Overwatch? Mm-hmm. We'll double check on that one, guys. I, I actually don't remember um, off the top of my head. I trust Frankie. He plays Tau. But, yeah, like I think that you, if you shoot them in Overwatch, you get them or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to shoot them in Overwatch because they only last for your shooting For the phase. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust Frankie on that. He, he plays Tau all the time. Uh, you're welcome, Fearless Hobbit. Um, Cronus101. How can Necrons realistically beat your IG list with lots of tanks? Uh... Good question. Why don't we talk about that game, Frankie? Because um, uh, I think that showcases one of the problems Necron players will have. Uh, Necrons just can trounce other infantry armies. Uh, they're really, really, really powerful against other infantry armies. They can have troubles against vehicle-heavy armies. You don't Vehicle-heavy armies, you don't see them all the time. Um, at a tournament, I'd say maybe... 50% of the armies will have lots of vehicles, 50% will not. So you do need to deal with it. Um, Frankie, what, from your perspective, I know you got a little disheartened. What would you change in your list to deal with um, those vehicles? Well, I think it was a bad example too, because I got seized on. Uh, yeah. My whole plan was to have the um, flayed ones come up as a screen, which would be huge. 
And then with the flayed ones, with how big their footprint is, if they make the charge, they're charging like four or five vehicles. And then, uh, well, they'll charge one and then they'll pile in and grab the rest. You grab at least um, two, three more, yeah. So it's super powerful. And then it's taking away Reese's firepower. And then the rest of the Necrons move up. Um, but unfortunately, Reese seized on me. He was able to move up into my lines. And at that point, it was like, uh-oh. Then I was in trouble. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can take Stalkers are really good. They have the uh, they have um, basically two last cannon shots. The two uh, heavy gauze cannons. Yeah, the two yeah. heavy gauze cannons. Um, and they have quantum shielding, so they're a little more difficult to kill. Um, I don't know, like warriors can do it. They'll do quite a bit of damage to them, and then they can even charge. And then with all the attack buffs that I was getting, uh, you could take down the vehicles. It was just uh, all the heavy flamers and stuff are really rough. They they, they eat up the Necrons pretty quick. Um, uh, yeah, destroyer lords are okay. Uh, War size are really good against vehicles like uh, Trazan. Uh, or Anrecker would have torn up a vehicle if he had charged it. And you so missed, your characters are pretty good. You um, missed with some of your best weapons. Like you missed with the uh, the Trazen's or uh, Anrecker's once per game shot. Yeah, his arrow. It's, it's his AP five. Arrow. It's AP five strength ten d six damage. So yeah, so yeah, I, I I had really bad dice rolls and then reseizing uh, really put a wrench into it. But like flayed ones are excellent against vehicles. Flayed ones are yeah. so good. They have so many attacks and they're re-rolling to wound the re-rolling to wound is really the key against vehicles um if you have that rule you're going to be doing a lot of damage to them so um don't count necrons out against vehicles at all that was like a bad example um just kind of like cascading like seized bad dice rolls and then getting into my lines with like a bulgrin unit well so. bulgrin with a one plus save because yeah. necrons really struggle with that because they rely on that ap1 from their rend yeah and they i, I just ignored it so the Bulgren went in and were just clubbing people to death. But you guys also saw how good reanimation protocols is. Frankie regenerated like 30 warrior. I think it was more than that, actually. Yeah. It was like 30 to 40 extra warriors throughout the course of the game. Now, I was up on him. And like you said, it was like a cascading negative effect that became overwhelming force. But had I not seized and you did pull your trick off, which to elaborate on what you're talking about, the flayed ones, because people might miss it. And it's, it's ridiculously good. He could have popped up the flayed ones because when you deep strike now or when you appear from reserves, you don't have to be in a clump, right? Forget that. That doesn't. He could have gone in a line across my. He could have appeared in a line across in front of all my tanks, and then he could have charged in such a way that he only hit one tank, right? But he's two inches away from every other dang tank, and then he piles in. He only takes Overwatch from one tank, piles into all the other tanks. Probably doesn't do any damage, but none of them can shoot in my turn. I have to fall back. To do it, and then he can just do it again. And the flayed ones can just chase me being a pain in the ass. The Bulgren would have had to gone into him. And then the Bulgren aren't up in your lines and you're shooting me the whole time. Yep, yep. And then the, the heavy destroyers have pretty good odds of taking out like the mana core or something like that on first turn with the plus ones to hit and then being strength nine D6 damage. So like that was like the whole plan. Like I was like, oh yeah, I'll be able to go first. The heavy destroyers will fly up, try to kill the mana core, at least take it down a ballistic seal or something like that. Um, and then I'll be able to kill it before it can do any damage. But Reese was able to seize, kill an entire heavy destroyer unit, and at that point I didn't have any long-range fire. So Yeah, and then again, like we talked about, like you should take the heavy destroyer units and units of three always to increase the odds of getting back up. And then uh, actually Frankie was saying that he thinks it'd be better just to take destroyers with a heavy destroyer in it because mm -hmm. then you have a unit of six, and it's like that is so hard to kill those guys. And you're going to always be getting your reanimation protocols. Um, and getting back up. So, yeah, like like we were saying, like don't take that game as gospel. Like that was just a that that game went badly, 
um, Necrons aren't bad. And then be patient. We can't really talk about it in great depth, but Forge World is going to help you a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot with killing vehicles for Necron players. So just hang tight. Those books will be available in like a week. Yeah. In exactly a week, actually. So we can't divulge the stats yet or anything like that. But when those books are out, we'll talk about that. And you Necron players will see, oh, wow, we have lots of tools for killing vehicles. So, yeah. um, but we can't use those in the stream yet because we, th those aren't out available yet. So, nope. um, yeah, Necron players don't feel bad. You, you have a great army. Um, yes. in, in playtesting, we actually thought we were worried they might be too good, uh -huh. um, to be quite frank. So let's, uh, let's jump in. I know you guys have a million more questions. I'm sorry, but we're already running a little long on this podcast. And we wanted to talk about some other fun stuff. Best Coast Pairings had a big press release today. Uh, they are now doing their subscription service. So what does that mean? It's, uh, oh gosh, I, they're going to kill me. I believe it's five bucks a month or it's 50 bucks for the year. 99% certain that's the pricing. What that does is it gives you access to all kinds of crazy stats uh, list databases, tons of tons of information for both the casual and the competitive player. Really, really cool stuff. And they're also going to be having all kinds of other really fun stuff like you can win free tickets to events. Um, they are going to uh, work with local game stores so that when you go to ITC events, you can generate uh, abilities to get discounted product at that store if they choose to participate. So if you have a local game store that does ITC events, you might want to mention this to them because it benefits them. They'll get more people coming to their events, spending money, and then it could benefit you because you could get uh, discounts if they choose to participate in the program. Sounds pretty dang cool to me. Yeah. Um, but it really, for me, as a math nerd, I'm stoked to see all the stats that they're collecting because they've been building this database of information, and then they're going to share that with you um, uh, to kind of go over some of the stuff. There's lists, scores, faction placings, uh, all kinds of like, how well do I do against this army with that army? How well does this army usually win against X army X? Cool stuff like that. They're going to be rolling out all kinds of fun stats. And uh, you're also supporting them mm -hmm. to help them uh, pay because they spend so much time on this and these guys are professionals. Uh, it helps to make it worth their time to do it. And if you do the annual subscription, it works out to be a little over four bucks a month. It's like, it's like nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it saves you $10 on the subscription. But, yeah, seeing all the extra stats, uh, you'll have special discounts to certain stores, stuff like that, um, winning tickets, all that. It's going to be it's so worth it, and it shows support for these guys that have been working so hard on an app um, to have a ranking system, have easy, uh, make it easier on tournament organizers and stuff like that. Like, I think the, the future for BCP is very bright, so um, I, I, I would definitely too. recommend supporting them with this. Yeah, we're definitely going to sign up. Yep. Uh, and really cool stuff. Like one of the things they had mentioned to me was uh, you could go to an event and uh, it could be like a sponsored event and you could win. And then as a part of winning, you could get a free ticket to like the LVO or the SoCal Open and uh, BCP will pay for your ticket. Yep. Uh, and it, But you have to be a pay, you have to have a, be a subscribing member to win that ticket. Um, pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. So like if when all these things fall into place, the subscription should pay for itself. Yep. Right, with all the all the cool stuff that they're going to be giving out. So give it a look. They're great guys, and they're active supporters of the community. Holy moly. Triangle Choke just subscribed. Thank you so much. Back in my days when I did BJJ, the Triangle Choke was my signature move, man. Mm, BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, noob. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> Get out of here. I used to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu too, and the triangle choke, that was my move, man. That, I, I would always get, catch people with that from the guard. But uh, it's been a long time, and I'd probably get my butt kicked if I rolled today. I'm also pretty out of shape right now. <laughs> so I'd get you're, a, you're a shape. I am in better shape than you, so that's all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You think, you think uh, you're in better shape than me? Oh, yeah. I'm, I I'm won definitely the pull -up more contest. of a shape than you are. I won the pull-up contest at work, and then I also hurt my back. <laughs> Good job, old man. Uh, also, other news. Um, we do have uh, an ITC 8th edition update on the way. Oh, by the way, join us tonight for the game, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, just to reiterate that. Uh, Space Wolves versus Eldar. And uh, if you are a subscriber, please vote. Mariana will get the new poll up, and we will be voting for Monday's game, Monday's live game. Uh, subscribers only can vote on that. Let us know what you'd like to see us play. Um, we're going to be updating the ITC for 8th edition either on release date or very shortly thereafter. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on at once. There's a lot to update. Yeah. Everyone's asking mostly about their points. Don't worry. Your points are safe. You're not losing your points. Everybody worked really hard to earn those. Uh, that is not going away. We're not taking that away from anybody. But uh, factions are changing, so that's the one that we want to kind of get you used to. Um, factions are way different in 8th edition than in um, 7th. So what we decided we're going to do is your, your, your faction keyword that is in common, like the most specific faction keyword that your army shares is going to be your faction, right? So, and that's going to be the most points in that, that faction specific keyword. So your army may end up being chaos. Yeah. It may be Imperium. It may be Ultramarines. It may be Tyranids, right? And I'll, I'll write an article explaining this because I know it's going to be confusing because it's different. Um, and then we're going to funnel in your old points into the most appropriate faction keyword for 8th edition. Um, some of it's going to be a little tricky, like KDK, which is uh, unfortunately no longer a thing. Your point's going to go into the chaos uh, faction, right? That's the only fair way to do it is just go generic chaos. Uh, so KDK players, I'm sorry. We'll leave your rankings up for the rest of the year. So if you're currently top of the leaderboard, you're going to be top of the leaderboard for the rest of the year. Good job. Uh, and then it, w these things will develop as we go. And um, we're going to track sub-factions, which will be really fun. But you're going to be competing with what GW has told us is your faction. So like Imperial Agents is going to uh, suck up a lot of different armies. We'll still show which army you're playing, like if you're uh, Sisters of Battle mm -hmm. or Assassins will show that that's the army that you're playing so you can still compete with other people using that keyword. But overall, you're gonna be competing with Imperial Agents. Same for Space Marines. You may be uh, Imperial Fists and you will show that you're Imperial Fists, but you're gonna be competing with Space Marines. So we'll, we'll dig into that more as we go because I know it's gonna, there's, people are gonna have a lot of questions about that, but um, that is the way of the future and we're gonna adapt as soon as possible. But um, also we have a couple of events coming up this weekend, buddy. Yep, we have a Sin City Slaughter uh, Grand Tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, some events all over the place. We've got yeah, we got tons of events. Yeah. Australia, Ooh. Wyoming, yeah. or, I'm sorry, West Virginia, the United Kingdom, Santa Clara, California, yep. and Louisville, Kentucky. These will be some of the last Seventh Edition tournaments uh, for the season. So. Yeah, they will indeed. So let's go over the rankings, baby. Top ten, first place currently. We got Ian Andrew. Second, Wesley Polly. Third, Andrew Ford. David Johansson in fourth. Kieran Howard in fifth. Jack Kennard in sixth. Seventh is Stephen Hetmeyer. Uh, eight is Nate 
Bates, Ben Robinson in ninth and 10 is Don Hoosen. Top rate teams. We have the Aussie Battlers. How nice, did Australians dude. get in first place? That's amazing. The ITC has really gone downhill when those ex-convicts can win. Just kidding. The Aussies have been racking up events. Yeah. Uh, and second place team, oh. we've got Mugu Legion and third, Death Spiral Down. Well done, guys. Uh, Adeptus Sororitas, Adrian Ginard continues to lead the pack with a massive lead. Uh, Adeptus Astartes, we have Nate Bates in first place. Astro Militarian, we have Sean Porter. Blood Angels, we have Will Hodges. Chaos Demons, Ian Andrew. Chaos Renegades, Aaron Hayden. Chaos Space Marines, we have Kieran Howard. Colt Mechanicus, Robert Harp. Dark Angels, we have Ben Rorison. Dark Eldar, we have Troy Solowski. Death Watch, we have Shane Watts. Eldar, we have Andrew Ford. Corsairs, we have Carter Leach. Grey Knights, Shaylin Allen. Gene Steeler Colt, Josh Bagwell. Harleys, we have David Ivings. Imperial Knights, Derek Page. Inquisition, Jason Ryder. Knight Renegades, Samuel Borman. KDK, James Spoff. And Military Tempestus, we have Bill Durrett. Necrons, Shannon Patterson. Officio Sassanorum, Paul Boutin. Orcs, Darren Mueller. Skitari, Quinn Shepis. Space Wolves, we have Wes Pauly. Tau, Paul McKelvey, and Tyranids, Henry Two. Well done. How many more factions can we throw in there? Well, in eighth will be less. Go ahead and add some more. In eighth Jeez, there will be less. Geez. So um, that will make this a little bit easier to read. So many. So one of the things I'm most excited for about eighth edition too is we have people coming out of the woodwork like people that haven't played in five, six years all over the place are hitting us up, getting back into the game. Yep. Really excited about that. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. Uh, like we talked about before, it's just, it's great. Um, simplifying the rules is excellent. Uh, like it, it's going to be amazing. New people will jump in, old people will come back, all that stuff. It's going to, I think tournaments are going to explode. So I think it's really good. Lock infinity. Great question. What's my max pull-ups doing normal pull-ups, not, Silly kipping. Uh, no, what was it? Two? Two and a half? No, that was you. I think no. the raw dog only did like three. So I did, I think I did 10. No, get out of here. 100. Get out of here. Okay, Dom actually can do the most. He just got out of the Marine Corps though, so that doesn't count. He could do 17. Cheater. Uh, what a cheater. I was doing, so he doesn't count. I'm talking about the out of shape guys. Uh, raw dogger was the worst. Mariana did a quarter of a pull-up, I think. Ooh, that's pretty strong. That was pretty good. Uh, Frankie did, what, two? I think I did like eight, maybe nine and a half on a good day. I think that's how many inches you went up. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I can do about 10, um, but I, I hurt myself, so I don't know if that actually counts. <laughs> I used to be able to do a ton, but I am not in that good of shape right now. Uh, tag eight eight three three, the entire army or just the largest detachment? It'll be, it'll be whatever... Um, Whatever the most points is the most faction-specific keyword. So that's usually going to be your biggest attachment. Uh, yeah. But I'll, I'll write it all specifically so people know how to game the system, yeah. which is what's going to happen. And then we'll do one more question. Uh, requisite and cut the end. You guys always uh, do this during midday. Uh, for New Hammer, do you guys have an ink link? Link of what you expect to be the meta. Do we have an ink link? Oh, an inkling. He just misspelled uh. it. I think right out the gates, you're going to see people trying to spam stuff, and then they're going to see that it actually doesn't win tournaments. Um, but I think out the gates, you're going to see spam all over the place because that's what we saw. 
Yeah. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna smite, smite spam, and they're gonna play someone with a bunch of screening units, and the smite doesn't do jack squat, and then they die, and they're like, oh, well, maybe that's not that good, or they're gonna do um, spam, you know, unit X. The only thing we've actually seen that spams that's actually really good and concerning is knights. Yeah. Um, yeah, knights are really good at it. Yeah. So. But we'll, we'll see. I, I'm really excited to see how the, the meta develops. You guys are going to find stuff we missed, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to find combos that you teach to us, guaranteed. Yep. Um, I've been playing uh, well-balanced lists, and I've been doing really well, and I feel very confident that that is going to be the master's army, I hope. I hope. I hope it doesn't devolve into spam fest, but we'll see. Yep. What do you think, buddy? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh like vehicle heavy armies i think you'll see in the beginning i think you'll see heavy infantry armies as well um but i think a more well-balanced list is what's going to be required to actually go um uh take the events and stuff like that so and then we'll do one last question here we'll we'll do two more questions because a couple people there's two really pertinent questions are flyers good in eighth they're hit or miss some of them are excellent some of them are extremely good some of them I, i don't like as much the 360-degree fire arc makes a gigantic difference with flyers. It makes them so much better. Yeah. Uh, some of them, like the Storm Raven, uh, is really good. The DAC, all the orc flyers except the Waz, Daka, Bama, Blastajet, all the orc flyers are good. Um, the, the Storm Talon was pretty good. Yeah, uh, flyers definitely have a place. Um, you could definitely catch your opponent off guard with flyers because you can actually character snipe with them pretty easily. Um, with how fast they move some of them move like 72 inches so yeah. if you have your flyer in the right place and your car- and your opponent leaves a space open with their character you can fly right next to them and blast them so yeah. uh flyers definitely have a place and uh they're not that easy to kill either the minus one to hit is uh, surprisingly deal. strong yeah so. it's a big deal and um some of them like the dark eldar flyers are really good i think the void raven bomber is excellent mm-hmm. uh flyers are good it's just I don't know. It just depends. I guess it just depends on what you're trying to do with your list. Once again, yep. you, you don't have to take them, and you don't have to you don't have to bring AA guns, right? Definitely like, not. Yeah. And the uh, Necron flyers are excellent for getting like warriors and stuff up the field. So yeah. And then uh, one last question I wanted to answer because it's near and dear to my heart. Can you play a Carnifex army? You absolutely can. Definitely. Carnifexes are badass. Yep. They're really really good for their points. I love them. I use I use sometimes six in a list. I really like enjoy playing Carnifexes. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure to tune in tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, to watch Space Wolves play against Eldar. Thanks, guys.